Hello and welcome to the Mastin Kip Podcast. I'm your host, Mastin Kip, and I am the creator of Functional Life Coaching, where we discover the root cause emotional blocks that are holding you back from success. And I'm also the creator of Trauma Hacking, helping you turning your nervous system into your ally, and the best-selling author of the book, Claim Your Power, and also a trauma survivor advocate. And this podcast is from my heart to yours. I'm going to share with you all kinds of different things, uh, different coaching uh, experiences that I've had with people, um, different parts of my life, maybe an excerpt from a seminar, different interviews with friends and thought leaders, all about how to get unstuck, how to hack your nervous system, how to turn your nervous system into your ally and really get the edge so that you can really live your dreams, uh, live your purpose, and most importantly, pay it forward. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. One favor I have for you is this. If you love this podcast, remember to subscribe to it. And if you feel called, please feel free to leave a review because reviews really matter, helps us spread the word and helps other people really discover this podcast. So if this was valuable to you, please feel free to leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. And if there's anything in this episode or any episode that really strikes you as an aha moment, shoot us an email to hello at mastinkip.com. Tell us which episode it was and about what time, uh, the breakthrough was in the episode so that we can really know because I'd love to hear from you what your aha moments are. I love hearing that and my team loves hearing that too. So without any further ado, please enjoy this episode of the Mass and Kip podcast. Okay. So the goal is nervous system flexibility. Here's what happens. When we experience trauma, we get stuck in one, right? And here's what happens too, especially with sympathetic, right? So who ever, anybody here have a hard time shutting off? Anybody have a hard time turning off? Okay. Here's what happens. Just like in pain, stress pathways can create feedback loops, right? And you know, one of the reasons why I have the opioid crisis is not because it's just so addictive, which is a huge part of it, but long-term use of opioids does what to pain? It what? No. Makes it worse. You feel more pain. Because it, isn't that fucking weird, right? And I'm Trust me, you don't want to go down that path because I lived that for decades with my mother, okay? But opioids long-term make the pain pathways worse. So the drug that we take to feel better makes us feel worse. So not only is it addictive, it doesn't work. Who follows? Does this make sense? And the same thing starts to happen with stress responses. Stress responses have same type of feedback loop, right? So does anybody know how to interrupt a stress response? or pain response? Like, anatomically, what do we got to do? Very simple. Breathe, yes, but we have to change the nervous system data, the data that's going through that nerve pathway. That's all we have to do. Does that make sense? Like, instead of a pain signal, it has to be a calm signal, right? Or instead of a stress signal, it has to be a ventral vagal signal, okay? So we want to know how to interrupt those things. And what they're finding, the latest studies is uh, in PTSD, I'm going a little bit down a rabbit hole. I'm sorry, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> is this okay? Okay. Bad drawing, not anatomically correct. Okay, so. So we have our vagus nerves, okay? And this is the neck, shoulders. This is not anatomically correct at all, but it's okay. So usually like, let's see, on the right, in the right left side, inside the neck, here and here, there's a thing called the stellate ganglia. A ganglia is simply a cluster of nerves, okay? 
Now, what's interesting is the vagus nerve and cell ganglia send information right up into the fucking brainstem, which goes right into the limbic system. They're doing nerve blocks, which means they inject simple analgesic, which is just like lidocaine, okay, into the cellular ganglia, like right here, and it's interrupting the stress pattern that gets sent to the brain. It's like a reset. And they're seeing incredible results right now with like veterans and PTSD just by interrupting that pattern. It's like going down to like the basement and resetting the switch on the, whatever that, what's that called? Circuit breaker. Because what happens is we experience stress and this thing just goes around and 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 around. And there's that motor pathway. When you interrupt it and you do actually do a nerve block right there, it stops that cycle. It doesn't, it's not that it doesn't come back. The result was, so we don't have the test of time yet because we, I mean, we don't have super long longitudinal studies up to a decade only. But, you know, you're seeing like, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90% reduction in PTSD symptoms in veterans. And if you guys start paying attention to the news, if you ever hear about like a, a neck injection for PTSD, that's what that is. But I don't recommend you do unless your doctor says to it. <laughs> but I'm just curious because what happens is all they do is they just stop the signal. There's lots of different ways to stop the signal. But the thing is, if you keep doing the same things over and over again that make you stressed, what are you doing? You're reinforcing that signal, which becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And by the way, that could be true for dorsal vagal too. Who follows? This makes sense, right? So something gets turned on and really activated, and it kind of like really just triggers the nerve. It's like, I'm getting stressed and in danger. And if you cut that signal off, oh, I'm okay. And what usually causes the nerve to do that if it's super stressed? One day you just thought about it. It's experiences. It's a bomb going off right next to you right? It's being attacked. It's being in those types of environments. There's so much we're learning about how to change the nervous system and this type of stuff. It's so, so, so important. And what happens is it creates more and more nervous system flexibility. Have you ever heard of neurofeedback? Right? What all neurofeedback is, is yoga for the brain. What does yoga do? Makes you more what? Flexible. All you guys got to learn how to do is go from ventral, sympathetic, and dorsal and recognize when you're there and start to practice those things. And the more you can do that, the more you can have agency and control. And here's the best part. When we go dorsal vagal as an example, one of the things that's hardest about it is that we think we'll stay there forever. Why? Because in the past, that's, how, that's what happened. Right? We were immobilized and it felt like forever in the past. Who follows? This makes sense. What would it feel like to know that you could go dorsal vagal and then come back? Or you could go sympathetic and then come back? That's right. And all of a sudden you get more and more agency or control over your nervous system. So the goal is to exercise that stuff. Will you go dorsal vagal in the future? Will you go sympathetic in the future? But can you come back? That's what we're teaching you how to do during this process, okay? So here are the benefits of flexibility in the ANS, okay? Reduced inflammation, okay? And uh, regulation of pro-inflammatory cytokines, cytokine, whatever. That just means less inflammation in the body, okay? Also, better control of immune response because where does the immune response reside? Here, if you shut down, what also shuts down? What's this? What's right here? And like anatomically, what's right here? It's your gut, and 80% of your immune system is around your gut. Who follows? Right? So dorsal vagal shutdown, what else shuts down? Gut. 
which also means immune system, okay? You're better able to emotionally regulate. You're able to inhibit distractions. So what that means is the more ventral vagal you can be, the less ADD you'll be. And one of the main reasons why people are ADD is because they are not able to perceive the difference in threat levels and things happening around them. Is that a threat or is this a threat? I don't know, right? And people who have significant ADD like me, there's so many f- things to focus on. Oh my God, millions of things in any given moment. What should I focus on? ADD is a dysfunction of not being able to answer this question. What is most important for me to focus on right now? If you can't tell what's threatening or not threatening, you don't know how to answer that question. Who follows? Super important, okay? Also, stress resilience, subjective well-being, meaning no matter what's happening, you can still feel good most of the time, okay? Increased capacity for friendship and connection. Nobody wants to be around a I really need you right now, right? That probably won't happen long enough. Problem with ADD and ODD kids is they get cast out because they're hard to be around other people. People don't want to be around them. It's dysregulating for them, right? So you create more friendships and connections, okay? Social support seeking, you actually reach out for help. You don't just go dorsal, okay? And you have perceptions of social acceptance and connectedness because you're actually connecting with people and you have compassion. The ventral vagus system is the system of compassion. So if you want to be like Jesus, activate your ventral vagus nerve. That's it. The Beatitudes, all the high-level Lotus Sutra stuff, ventral vagus, right? So it's the neuroscience of compassion too, which I think is so f***ing cool, right? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you, not if I'm dorsal vagal, not if I'm sympathetic, f*** you, I'm going to kill you, right? So important to understand. Risks of a rigid autonomic system, Okay. Vigilance for angry faces, distractions from tasks due to potential threats because you don't know what's threatening and what's not threatening, unable to discern between trivial and important cues, right? And by the way, we're getting into disorganized attachment style right now too, okay? Uh, heightening startle response, really easy to get scared. <gasps> what was that? Okay. Hypoactive prefrontal regulation. What's hypo mean? Low. So your prefrontal cortex is not working so good, okay? Depression, anxiety, social isolation, and loneliness. Impaired immune function plus inflammatory disease, digestive problems, respiratory problems, chronic fatigue. Anybody ever had one of those? You rigid f***s. No, just kidding. I'm just kidding. Right? But what happens is when we start to look at diagnosis, yes, we have to look at the pathology, especially if there's like chronic issues or cancer and that type of stuff. But we also have to look at how our nervous system is being. Because everything that happens in our body is an appropriate response to an underlying dysfunctional pattern. Whose fault is it? Is it your fault? How about it's an appropriate response to what happened? Now, though, we have to take agency over that process, okay? So what happens is it sounds like this. Compromised ability to regulate states. I'm often triggered and I can't seem to regulate myself by myself or with others. Or I keep trying to be okay on my own, but I don't want to need anybody, okay? And I'm desperate for connection and to stay at a collapse. So that's what starts to happen is we have that compromised ability to be able to do that type of stuff. Anybody ever had these problems? Let me see if I show hands. It's all good. Okay. Also, we have habitual response patterns like I have to be big to be safe. Anybody know someone like that? Hi, nice to meet you. That was one of my for sure coping problems uh, processes, okay? Being seen as dangerous, so I try to be invisible. And I feel stuck, um, and fighting doesn't help. I feel hopeless and I feel despair. Who's had at least one of these responses? Let me see if I show hands. What is that? 
It's a dorsal vagal shutdown based on history. But that doesn't mean it has to be your what? Future. It used to be true, but we have to remind your nervous system it's not true now. All right? And familiar stories brought to life by uh, f- uh, physiological states. So feeling good is dangerous. Anyone ever start to feel good and then worry? Let me see if I show hands. Anybody? Okay. My wants and needs are my problems, so I shut them off. Anybody ever had that one? Let me see if I show hands. Okay. And my lack of uh, predictable connections remind me that I'm a misfit, I don't belong, and I don't matter. Anyone ever had that before? So these are all symptoms, not because you're f***ed up, but because you have a dysregulated nervous system that you don't have to control yet. You can change all that stuff. And here's the thing. These things used to be true for many of us. Did it used to be true that your needs were a problem for people? Yeah. Did it used to be true that invisible was safe? Here's the thing. If you're going to raise the level of what you want in your life, we have to look at this stuff and we have to address it and heal it. Okay? Hey, it's Mastin. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. And before we wrap up, if you found value in this, one of the best ways to get this trauma-informed information to the world, if that's something that you want to do and to be a part of spreading the word, I would be so very grateful if you could leave a review on Apple or Spotify podcasts so that uh, you can review this. And hopefully it's a good review, but please leave an honest review. And especially if you want to leave a five-star review, I would be super stoked on that. But of course, just make it honest. But my goal is to share more trauma-informed information with the world, and I need your help to spread this information and reviews matter. So if you feel called to do that, would very much appreciate it. If you got value from this episode and from this podcast, we very much appreciate it. And uh, thank you so much for hearing me out. And if you feel called, please leave a review on Apple or Spotify, and we'll see you in the next episode.